Well, happy Mother's Day, everybody. You're welcome. You're welcome. I think I heard some guys say thank you as well. That's not for you. Okay. <laughs> Talking to you, John Boy. Talking to you. <clears throat> well, uh, it's another year, another opportunity to celebrate our moms. Raise your hand if you are a mom uh, in the room this morning. That's a lot of you. That's a lot of you. Dustin, don't raise your hand. Uh, we wouldn't be here without you. Uh, really, we, we couldn't be here without you. So thank you for being who you are and uh, for being moms. I have so many jokes I, I want to tell, but I've been told this morning I, I should not tell them. Uh, it's like she's begging me to go there. I'm going to try to control myself today and not um, have a bunch of mom jokes. But I am super thankful for you guys. And here's, here's what I want to say is that one of the things that we don't talk about enough is um, the, the work that moms do every single day just to make things work. The household, the kids, uh, the laundry, the cooking, whatever it is. You guys do so much. Uh, and so many of you represent the Proverbs 31 woman so well. Talking about you, Chris. And... Um, <laughs> See, I'm staying away from the mom, but just directing it to you, so. No, but we are super thankful, and I, you know, it's, it's awesome because we were talking this morning in our worship team, you know, some good memories you have of your mom, uh, fun memories, good memories, whatever. Uh, I won't repeat what Jonathan said if Nan's here. Um, Nan is here. Nan, where you at? Nan? Oh, there you are. He loves you. He says you're a great mom. He really did. I told a funny story of my mom, one of many. Uh, I've got a list. I should write a book about the things that she's done. Uh, it would be a New York Times bestseller, I promise. There was one particular time, though, at her store. Uh, she was working, and the KKK rolled up in her parking lot. And in all of her bravery, she thought she was the Hulk, okay? But she went out there with a broomstick and hollering and hooping and hollering these guys and ran them off and I'm thinking now these guys could have easily just knocked her straight on her back but they saw took one look at her with her face and they realized you know what we're gonna move on to the next town we're, we're moving on and so she drove out the clan which you know it's a good story sticking up for for that so anyway there's a lot of good stories I have several of her but I, I tell you um, one of the things I appreciate about my mom the most is uh, she always made sure that I was surrounded by godly things and uh, the gospel. And even from a very young age, uh, there's a little church that's now being taken over by another church. Um, it's a little building that used to be behind Sears. Sears is no longer there. It's a little bitty church in MacArthur. And uh, that's where we, I started going to church. Grew up at Pinehurst Church of Christ, what it was called. And um, I still have a little bitty uh, mark on my knee from skinning myself on a sidewalk over there. But we had a lot of good memories. I was always there. And sometimes it was a small church. Sometimes I was the only person in our Sunday school class. But, but we still had class. I still got into the Word. I was still at a very young age being told about who God was and that He loved me and had, had good things for my life. And so uh, that's one thing that I appreciate about my mom is that she always made sure I was involved at some level in church until I became a knucklehead and decided I didn't want to go for a while. And she let me do that. She... She said, hey, you, that's what you want to do. That's what you're going to do. You know, I think it's wrong, but you do what you want to do. And she was right. I, I was wrong. 
But I think maybe I needed that to really grapple with my faith to realize who I am and why I believe what I believe um, instead of just being told from my parents. But because of that foundation, I'm where I'm at today. So let's look at Psalm 78, chapter 78, verse 1. It says, Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hopes anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. There's an important obligation and responsibility we have as parents. Is that is to instill into our kids the goodness of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the, the, the miracles that God has done throughout our lives so that they will know who God is and what he's all about. If there's one thing that you can take away from this morning, uh, moms, dads, grandparents, there's never a time to stop talking about what God's doing and what God's done. From generation to generation, we proclaim that God is good and he has done good things. We're going to be interactive this morning because I like doing this every once in a while, making you freak out that I'm going to put a microphone in your mouth. Um, it excites me as an Enneagram 7. I find joy in this and your discomfort. So just prepare yourself. I'm going to ask some of you ladies, if you're a mom, raise your hand here in a second to talk about some things. So just, I want you to think about for a moment, uh, specifically April Brown. No, I'm kidding. Um, maybe. Uh, think about what you've seen God do in your life and why it's important for your kids to know that. Okay? Think about that. What, God, what has God done in your life and why is it important for your kids to know that? Um, I remember specifically one time with my mom. She was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was in fourth grade. And uh, she was scared. I know she was because her face showed it. And uh, she came in and told me in my room, and I may have told you this story before, but she came in, and, and she was, I think she was nervous to tell me. I don't know. Do you remember? Were you nervous? I think she was nervous to tell me. She already told everybody else, and of course, being the youngest in my family, the way younger. All my siblings are there. They're really old. Um, <laughs> but uh, two of them are here. So anyway, they're, but they're way, way older than me. Anyway, uh, she came in, and I was sitting on the bed. She said, I have something to tell you. And I kind of already knew. I knew she was going to the doctor. I knew there were some issues. You know, and I'm, I'm not that young that I can't figure out some things. Uh, so I, I'm kind of reading between the lines. I'm, I'm, you know, my, my, one of my sisters was there, and I knew that something was up. So she sits down, and then she starts telling me, you know, I have cancer. And she starts crying and stuff. And, and uh, it was it a was pretty, pretty sad moment. And, uh, and what I remember is I think I asked you, are you going to die? And she said, no, I'm not going to die. I said, okay. So then I remember getting out of the bed, off the bed, and I went over to this thing I had been writing. Um, and it was a little devotional thing that I've been writing through. And I remember diverting myself from 
that potential heartbreaking negative moment and to God, bring it, shifting it towards God. And we start talking about this devotional, and she's like, what have you been reading? And so we kind of went through this deal. And so for me, I, I attest my ability to do that to her because she refused to allow that situation to dictate her faith in that moment. And so it allowed me as a young child, fourth grade, to realize that I wasn't going to be shaken by this either. Okay? Now, she went back to work with stitches in her and all kinds of stuff, looking like Edward Scissorhand got a hold of her. But she was, she was brave, and she was courageous. She was faithful because she said, I, I know God's going to do something in my life. He's going he's gonna, to, America's going to happen. And that's a story we should tell over and over again. And at least we do in our family. We talk about it every once in a while. But just the, the goodness of God through such horrible situations. Now, fast forward about five years later. My dad's diagnosed with cancer and he dies. 17 years old or whatever I was. 16, 17. Now, different outcome. Prayed the same way. But different outcome. But because of all these little small moments of saying God's still good. Even if it's not what I want, God is still good. It helped me get through that moment of losing my dad. Now, 17 years old, you still need your dad. So it's hard to lose your dad. But because of the faith that my mom had shown all these years of constantly saying, no, we're going to be involved in what God's doing. We're going to be in, I mean, look, back then we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We probably had Saturday stuff. Thursday, random stuff. I mean, you're at church almost every day of the week, you know. And uh, we were always there. We were always there. But it's those small things. And I go back to this scripture of like, I'm going to teach my children from generation to generation to generation to generation to renew their hope and who God is and what God can do and what God will do because I've seen him do it over and over and over again. Hey, moms, if you're not doing that for your kids, today's the day to start doing that. To think about all the things that God has done in your life and say, I want my kids to know about this. Because one day they're going to be faced with challenges and they need to know that God is good and God is faithful. Even if you don't get the answer that you want with what you're praying for, God's still good, God's still faithful. And if we're not doing that, we're missing, we're missing the mark. We always want to talk about how our uh, school systems are failing, how the political system is failing our our students and all this kind of stuff, I say, you know what, forget all that. What's happening, what conversations take place in your house Sunday through Saturday? That's where the problem is. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying you as in general people. I want any hate mail after this sermon. But think about the conversations that happen in your house. Is there, is there hopeful conversations like this scripture is talking about here? Do you talk about the miracles of God in your house, or are they forgotten when, when the sun comes up the next day? We want to fix the schools. I think we need to fix our households first. We need to fix our marriages, how we talk to each other, moms and dads, how we talk to our kids. There's no self-help book better than God's Word that's going to help you fix what's wrong. Jesus is a solution. There's nothing from any other Christian author or Dr. Phil or Oprah Winifrey, okay? <laughs> I'm making sure y'all pay attention. I'm going to make sure y'all awake, all right? None of those compare to what God's word has for you. 
And if your conversations at home don't reflect his kingdom, then why would the school system reflect his kingdom that you send your kids to? Because your kids don't know how to reflect the kingdom of God's school because they're not seeing it at home. They don't know how to talk about the goodness of God because they don't hear you talk about it at home. Do you pray with your kids? Do you pray with your spouse? Do, do, you, do you pray for your spouse? Some of y'all are like, I pray every day. Lord, change him. Change him, Lord. Just pick up the laundry. That's all I'm asking. Just pick up your dirty clothes. That's all I'm asking. Some of y'all laughing. The guy's staring at me like, shut up. Move on. Let's go. I forgot to buy flowers today, and here you are talking about laundry. Let's go. From generation to generation, we're to be telling our kids about the goodness of God, the miracles of God, sharing with them the gospel message, helping to create a kingdom culture within our household so that their household reflects it, and so on and so forth. It's a model of disciple-making within the home. Sometimes it's easier to lead a small group of people that we don't see every single day than it is to lead the people that we do see every day. But they need it. Moms, they need you. Look at Timothy. Uh, the, the Paul specifically calls out his faith that was built, uh, helped built in his life by his mother and his grandmother. There's, there's an important role that you play. And if you don't take that serious, neither will your kids. Okay? So the question was, what has God done in your life, right? What are some miracles I asked you earlier? Let's just get, let's just get interactive this morning. So if you're feeling weird, now listen, don't give me a sermon, okay? <laughs> just tell me some things that God's done in your life that, that you want your family to know about and your kids to know about and their kids to know about and so on and so forth. Give me something good God's done in your life. Valerie, you're up. Um, so my children had a front row seat of some of the darkest times in my life. But on the plus side of that, they also had a front row seat to the best time of our lives since I got saved and got sober. And I pray every single day that that teaches them that no matter what they go through, they can always trust in God and he'll get them through. That's good stuff. She's taking notes. I'll leave her alone. Uh, I just think purpose, like God gave my life purpose, and I want my kids to know that, that they don't have to figure it all out. They just need to go to him, and he will tell them what to do or how to live. He's the reason. That's good. Somebody else, I, I won't embarrass you. Raise your hand. Somebody else. I got you, girl. I got you. I like doing this. Give me some exercise. I need to lose weight anyway. Lord Jesus, help me. Okay, so when we were, I was younger, uh, a lot of bad things happened to me, okay? And when my mom met with God and he, we moved in with him and everything changed. He is the only man besides my husband who I absolutely can trust. We have been best friends, thick as, you know, peas and carrots ever since. And he is sitting Right over there, Dad, Frederick, that man saved my life and made it a lot better. I love him. That's awesome. That's definitely a story to tell your kids. Somebody else, 
willing to share a little, little small testimony. Come on, I got you. I got you, yeah. I'm looking at some eyeballs. Y'all trying to avoid me. <laughs> I'm mobile this morning. Okay, I know you said small testimony, so I'm going to do the best I can. You ready? Okay, get, get the mute button ready because here it comes, all right? <clears throat> Cameron, all, all in all, they told us whenever he was born, we had no idea. We thought he was going to be, quote, unquote, that normal word, you know? And uh, they told us he'd never walk, talk, have a sense of humor. And I looked at them and I said, you know what? You've got your medicine. I've got my God. And that was before I even really came to know. I've always known Jesus, but when I came to know him and have a relationship. And now that one, even in his man of little words, unless he really wants to talk, has brought more people to Christ and loved on people there you go. Now, talking and walking, but sense of humor. Eh. Somebody else, give me a testimony. A mama. Here we go. Yeah, I got you. Okay, just because it is Mother's Day and there might be a lady in the room with this, struggling with this. Um, I was told I wouldn't have any biological children. And um, if you know our story, Hayden, it was a surprise, but an amazing surprise. And then um, he had a lot of health issues. He shouldn't have survived. He should not be walking, talking, doing anything right now that he's doing. Um, Parker was also a very traumatic birth where I had a fatal condition. I shouldn't have survived, and I did. Um, but ultimately, it cost me the true ability to have any more children biologically. And so I dreamed of a huge family. I wanted a huge family, and I was devastated that that was taken from me and not by my own choosing. I never thought that I would have five children today. And the fact that I have that God more than doubled my children um, is incredible. So I'm very thankful. That's awesome. Somebody else. Somebody else. Gotcha. Power and a testimony. Okay, so much like her, um, I was told I'd never have biological children, and um, I have seven. Um, God said after my after my first child, the doctor said, "Count your blessings; you're not going to have any more." Okay, I was happy. After my second son, God, they told me, "Count your blessings." I said, "Let me tell you something: my God's bigger than you. He's bigger than your medicine, and I'm going to have as many children as He sees fit." Um, after having my children, I lost my mother. I'm not going to cry. Um, and before she passed away, she tried to call me, and somehow I missed the call. Um, never showed up on my phone. But three hours after she died, I had a voicemail. And my mom told me the, the best thing she ever told me was to never, ever, ever, ever question God to always know that he takes us when he's ready, and sometimes he takes a rosebud before it's in bloom. Um, a few years after that, my dad was murdered, and my testimony is strong because I was angry. Oh, God knows I was angry, but uh, prayer and um, Life Church has helped me to forgive that man and it's shown my children that no matter what anybody does to you forgiveness is amazing and that everything happens 
for a reason. I know that sounds like a cliche, but it does. Everything happens for a reason, and everything that has happened in my life has made me stronger, and it's made my children stronger because God knows I couldn't have got through it without them. I mean, everybody says, you know, we teach our children, but I'm the first person to say my children have probably taught me way more than I could ever teach them. And so I'm grateful for you guys. And today my son got baptized on Mother's Day, and I think it's the best, the best Mother's Day gift I could have ever gotten was watching my son, you know, dedicate himself to God. And I'm just so proud. Awesome. Yeah, my favorite artist in the house. Well, unlike a lot of you, we have one child. He's an only, um, and I'm an only, so we, um, our whole life is wrapped around him. <laughs> um, he's a lot like me. I have struggled with depression and anxiety most of my life. It's an ongoing struggle, but it's one that, um, that, that my husband's faithfulness and love and our God has um, helped me through every day. Um, Noah, our son, uh, has gone through his struggles with it. He's like me. And, um, and oftentimes I feel responsible because my genes are in him and I know that that's not anything I could change, but at the same time, I know he gets it because I have it. I know part of that. And so anyway, um, the other day we were driving and I was driving, he was with me and I was apologizing to him for, you know, sorry that you had to go through, you know, some of the things I've gone through. And he said, mom, he's 22 now. Um, he said, mom, you know, I'm thankful that I have depression like you do. I'm thankful for that. I said, no, you aren't. And he said, no, I am, because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have something to overcome. And if I didn't have something to overcome, I wouldn't have a testimony to help others with. And so um, we, we see God working um, miracles even through our daily struggles. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, one more. Get that mute button ready. Uh, I know he told you about my cancer struggle, and, and I've had health issues for the last few years. That's really, I sit around, and I say, God, what are you leaving me here for? I said, I'm in so much pain. I don't need to be here anymore. But don't ever think you're too old for God to help make you worthy of yourself and other people, because every time I think that, I meet another person that wants to come to church. You know, and I bring them as many as I can put in my car. I'm, I, I've always done that all my life. When I was young, I had a, a station wagon that had 10 kids in it. Every Sunday, we'd go from Port Arthur to Orange to church. I'd grab the neighbors, whatever, throw them in my car, and we'd take off to church. So don't ever think just because you're old, you're through. Because God is going to find something for you to do. Is there a statute of limitations for putting kids, too many kids in a car? After two girls, I had a, a deep desire to have a son. Thank 
Be quiet and listen, son. So I, I prayed. I prayed to the Lord for a son. And when we found out that I was carrying a son, the Lord told me what to name him. Well, other family members kind of objected to the name that the Lord gave me because one of our extended family members had passed. My father-in-law had passed away. And my husband at the time and even my dad said, well, you need to name him after him. And the Lord said, no. The Lord said his name shall be Jonathan. <laughs> well, the name Jonathan means given by God. And when Jonathan was born, the Lord showed up in the operating room. I, I had gotten halfway there. Uh, I'd gotten a five, the you know, to open. And uh, they lost his heart rate, so they had to perform a cesarean. And the doctor starts running around like a, a chicken with her head cut off. And she takes the umbilical cord, and she's taking a picture with one of the old-fashioned, old-timey Polaroids. She said, you're not going to believe this, Nan. It's a miracle. Well, I'm strapped down, and, you know, I'm trying to, to focus. The, they give you these wacky uh, meds, you know, so you can't, it's all, you're looking, trying to focus. And I see the umbilical cord, and all of a sudden, joy and, and tears are just, you know, rolling down my face. And she says, do you understand what that, do you realize what this is? And she said, it's a true knot. She stick, sticks the paper, the, the, the photo in my face. She said, it's a true knot, man. And I just, my mouth just flew open. She said, he shouldn't even be here, much less weigh nine pounds. So Jonathan was given by God, and he really is a true miracle Amen. for us. That's awesome. I thought you were going to say when they pulled it out, it was a tail. but. So I've always been told at a young age I'd be completely deaf. And by the time I was 30 to 40 years old, I'd be completely deaf. So I always knew that I wanted to have children at a young age, so I can at least hear their voices. So I am blessed today that I'm 42 years old, and even though I have to have a hearing aid to hear their voices, I'm still blessed that I get to hear them every day. Good stuff. All right. This is good stuff. I could hear your testimonies all day. I really love this because there's such power in our stories of what God's done in our lives. Listen, don't, don't not tell your stories, especially to your kids. Let them know, hey, this is what God has done, and this is why my faith is so strong. This is important to pass on from generation to generation. And uh, I'm thankful for each one of you guys. I want to do something as we close out today. I want you to, on your rows only, don't, don't go crazy here, but if you're a mom, I want you kind of, if there's enough people to pray over the moms, you know, Chris, you got three here. Or two here. Just find the moms. I want you guys just to pray over the moms today as we close out. I'm going to do a closing prayer. I want you guys to pray over each other, and then we'll be dismissed, all right? Let's stand this morning. I'm going to pray over you, and then I want you guys to pray over each other before you leave.
Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, God, that from generation to generation, we, I declare we will tell of your goodness and of your miracles and of your, your, your power that you have just displayed for us in our lives. I thank you, God, for every testimony that's in this room uh, of what you've done. And, and, Lord, I pray we never forget how good you are, Lord. Thank you for Jesus Christ, that he, he lived, he died, he rose for us, God, that we can have uh, life, real life with you, Father. Lord, and I pray that, that we take every opportunity we can just to express our thanks and that we are active uh, disciples of Jesus, helping others find that good, abundant life that we only find in Christ. I pray all this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you run out, just take a few moments to pray over each other, and then you guys are dismissed.